Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative to this guy for wisdom. Well, today was the big day. Uh, James Comer and Jamie Raskin, Republican and a Democrat, respectively, well, they went into that skiff and they got to look at that document, that FD-1023 form. And folks, I hate to tell you, but I told you so. Cue up cut one for me, Captain. This was my prediction on the last episode of the Drew Allen Show. This is what I told you. I said, don't get your hopes up about this. Uh, I'll give you my theory. So today you had Jamie Raskin and uh, James Comer go in there and look at this document. And uh, anyway, here's what I said about this the other day. Go ahead, cut one, Captain. But they're not showing this to the entire committee. They're only showing this to two people. One Republican, Comer, and one Democrat, Raskin. But they're not allowing them to release this document, to my knowledge. So what's going to happen now? Are any minds going to be changed? What do you think Raskin's going to say to the media? You see, all you're going to have is two competing narratives. You're going to have Comer and you're going to have Grassley continue to claim that they've seen this document and it alleges X, Y, Z. And you're going to have Raskin providing the media with a counter narrative saying this is nothing in it. This is why I say don't get very excited because this doesn't really push anything down the court for us. And I guarantee you, just wait for it. After Monday, Raskin's going to be all over the media, all over the news, and he will be the counter-narrative to whatever Comer's saying. Well, that's what uh, your brilliant political analyst here in the seat, in the chair, told you just the other day. And uh, cue up cut two, Captain. So here is James Comer. Here's his... Uh, response in a press briefing. This is what he had to say about the viewing of the document. And then we will do Raskin's counter-narrative next. Go ahead and play cut to James Comer, the Republican. Go. FBI officials confirmed that the unclassified FBI-generated record has not been disproven and is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. The confidential human source who provided information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. These are facts and no amount of spin and, frankly, lies from the White House or congressional Democrats can change this information. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. And we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Okay, there you have it. You heard a lot of information there from Comer, right? Comer says this information, it hasn't been disproven. You have him saying that the FBI is actually, this document is part of an ongoing FBI investigation. So that's interesting. And of course, he says that this confidential human source isn't just any confidential human source. He's somebody that the Obama administration used, that the FBI has paid six figures to because he's been so reliable in giving 
information. He's so credible. Now, that's what Comer had to say. Now, Comer and Raskin supposedly have access to the same information. Comer and Raskin were in the same room together in the skiff, looking at the same document with the same FBI individuals overseeing this moment, right? So cue up cut three and play cut three, Captain. Now, this is what Jamie Raskin had to say. What we're talking about here is a confidential human source reporting a conversation with someone else. So what we're talking about is secondhand hearsay, uh, and they did whatever um, investigative due diligence was called for in that assessment period, and they found no reason to escalate it from an assessment from an assessment to a so-called preliminary investigation. And after that comes a full-blown investigation. Well, that's odd. That directly contradicts what um, what Comer said to the media. Now, he downplays it, of course. He says that the confidential human source, the one that is was being interviewed for the creation of that FD-1023 form to capture that conversation, that testimony, well, of course, he got the information from, from somebody else. So he's downplaying it, and he goes further and says that there's no FBI investigation into this. He says that the FBI actually dropped this. Now, cue up cut four, Captain. This is Jamie Raskin again. This is just later in the uh, brief press conference he gave. I just want you to hear what he says in this clip as well. Go ahead and play cut four, Captain. Go. So the FBI did not give you any indication that this document that you guys were briefed on today is part of an ongoing investigation. The, what I know is that the FBI Department of Justice team under William Barr and Scott Brady in the Western District of Pennsylvania terminated the investigation. They said there were no grounds for further investigative steps, so they ended that. Now, in terms of another investigation, uh, you know, I can't speak to that. I have seen nothing about that and other than, you know, published reports. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if there is a current ongoing FBI investigation into this. Uh, if there is, it seems that it would only be superficial. That's the whole problem here. The FBI is not doing its job. They're not pursuing this. And in fact, I've got a piece that was is uh, from the Federalist here. And they point this out. So according to this whistleblower, a different whistleblower, right? This is a whistleblower in the FBI. Uh, who claimed that his name is, um, well, we don't know, I guess, right? That's the point. It's a whistleblower. It's still confidential. But So we have two things going on. In this FD-1023 form that's dated June 30th, 2020, that's when this conversation took place between the FBI and this confidential human source. Well, he gave them the detailed information regarding this agreement by now President Biden to deliver preferred foreign policy positions for a $5 million payment. So that's one problem. But the second is more troubling, all right? It's not just that the FBI took no action or suppressed. Uh, well, actually, well, let, me, let me tell you what Brian Otten said. So according to the whistleblower, so he claimed that in August 2020, FBI supervisory intelligence analyst Brian Otten opened an assessment which was used by 
a FBI headquarters team to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation and caused investigative activity to cease. The whistleblower further alleged that the FBI HQ team that handled the Auten assessment after concluding the reporting was disinformation, placed the information in a restricted access subfile that only the particular agents who uncovered the CHS's information could access. So this is the double whammy. You, you have a completely weaponized, a completely corrupt FBI that is, its sole purpose is to cover for real corruption that Democrats commit. And of course, that includes election meddling which happened in 2016 and 2020, but then they will, I mean, he makes a good point here. He says, in contrast, when the borough received a vague tip from an Australian diplomat of unknown veracity that a low-level Trump volunteer had claimed the Russians possessed dirt on Hillary Clinton, within days, FBI headquarters opened an investigation into the Trump campaign. So we, we, we know all of this, of course, but... There, there you have it. I told you. So what is, what is Raskin doing now? He's dismissing this. He was in the same room. He saw the same document as Comer. And he is saying contradictory things to Comer. So he's the counter-narrative. These people are so predictable. This is really, you know what? This frustrates me, Captain, because it's not like it's hard to do what I'm doing here, in my opinion. If you pay attention long enough, it's the same thing over and over and over again. You can predict exactly what the Democrats are going to do. You can predict their reaction, their response. I mean, we we can break this down into a simpler way, which is to say, okay, the narrative control, right? So if there's a mass shooting, they're going to come for the guns, right? But only when it's uh, uh, a... you know, certain mass shootings. I have this article here, Captain. This is just shocking to me. 42 people were shot Friday through Sunday morning in the new mayor, Brandon Johnson's Chicago. 42. And I want to bring that up because one of the things I write about in my book that I, yes, I finished, I sent to the publisher. He wants to get this thing um, going ASAP. So we'll see what, what we have to do from here on. But one of the things I get into in the book is 2024, of course, the Democrats are creating all these phantom issues to run on, right? They can't run on the record. This is the worst president in American history. And the Democratic Party, of course, is corrupt. They are actually the fascists. They are the threat to democracy. We're a republic, but nonetheless, that's their claim, right? A threat to democracy. They are all these things projecting. But they're creating all these these fake non-events or non-problems to run against. So, I mean, they've been doing this throughout their history. I mean, the, the, the race, race is one thing. We've talked about that. I'm not going to get into it too much today, but, you know, the party that is responsible for perpetuating racism in America from slavery to Jim Crow to welfare, I mean, that is all them. They obstructed Republican efforts at civil rights for decade after decade after decade, and then they wised up and realized, hey, let's steal this from under the Republicans And we'll spin this fake narrative that there was this big switch. So anyway, so when it when it comes to um, uh, 
the white supremacy, right? You had Joe Biden not long ago go to a historically black college and he told a bunch of black graduates that white supremacy was the greatest threat to black people, essentially, the greatest threat, terrorist threat in America. This is something they keep claiming. I've talked about this some, but that's nonsense. The real terrorism threat is happening in Chicago in the streets. This is more dangerous, actually responsible for real violence and murder compared to these fake white supremacy things they point to, like like the guy that runs into a barrier in Washington, D.C., and he's an illegal, or he's not an illegal, but he's not even an American citizen. He's, he's I don't know if he was Indian or, or, or what. But they dropped all charges, of course, but he happened to have a Nazi flag. I mean, it's just, it's insane. The Tiki Torch hoax. I mean, they have to go and invent, dress up Democrats as white supremacists typically to find white supremacists. That's how, pro, pro, you know, how much it's proliferating in America. But here you have 42 people shot. Why don't they talk about this? Why don't they talk about this? And this is why I say, you know, if, if you're a, a black American, now's the time to ditch the Democratic Party. Nobody's done more harm to blacks in this country than Democrats, not just in the past, but presently. This is outrageous. Mayor Brandon, and what is Mayor Brandon Johnson, who also happens to be a black man, doing about basically... I mean, it's like this genocide of black people in Chicago. I mean, numerically, this is a typical weekend. This isn't something irregular. 42 shot dead over a weekend in Chicago. I mean, here's a few of the reports, though. Um, 23-year-old man was shot multiple times and killed Saturday morning around 2 a.m. Just after 4 a.m., a 32-year-old man was shot multiple times while inside an apartment. He was taken to a hospital where he died. About 6.48 a.m., a 31-year-old was shot in the chest and leg and was pronounced dead at the hospital. A 70-year-old man, a 24-year-old, two people were both shot just prior to noon Saturday. The 24-year-old survived the incident, but the 70-year-old succumbed to his gunshot wound. Fox News noted man, a 25-year-old man was shot and killed around 1 a.m. Sunday morning in an incident in which six other people were shot and wounded. By the way, that is considered a mass shooting. By the definition that the left uses, that incident that I'm just talking about that happened in Chicago in which six people were shot, that is a mass shooting. It qualifies, meets the definition. So where are the calls from the left bringing attention to this mass shooting that just took place in Chicago? See, they don't talk about this, but they will include this in the numbers at the end of the year and say the U.S. had X number of mass shootings. Now, they will never mention this. The only mass shootings they point to are the ones that happened in a school and so on and so forth. But here's an example of a mass shooting, and they'll throw it into the whole tally at the end. But you will have never heard about this incident. You'll think when they say there were X amount of mass shootings in America that it was all schools or all supermarkets. All right. So uh, anyway, they've been they, they've they've filed the paperwork. I guess they're gonna they're gonna start the hearings into uh, Christopher Ray and holding him, him in contempt. Now I told you, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just I'm just being honest with you. Okay, I owe you that, right? The FBI and the DOJ are not going to investigate themselves. 
They're not going to hold themselves in contempt. And they're certainly not going to take this to a grand jury in Washington, D.C. with a bunch of Democrats, Democrat voters, and get an indictment on this. It's just never going to happen. It's a pipe dream. So all of this is just theatrics, to be honest. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't be doing this. I totally think they need to push this to the limits. There need to be repercussions, even if they can't get them. But ultimately, it's just for not, I'm afraid. Um, and it's just, it is depressing. It is what it is. I, I mean, we've had hearings on so many things. We had hearings. How many times did they drag Tony Fauci down to Capitol Hill, down to a Capitol Hill, Captain? How many times? Lying to Congress. Caught. And what happened to Fauci? Nothing. He chooses, chooses his retirement date. He gets his full pension. He's the highest paid bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. Makes more money than the president of the United States and so on and so forth. It just gets old. It's just, you know, where's, where's the conviction? Where is the conviction? Quick note. So I'm not going to be here the rest of the week. I'm going to Montana. Uh, with my family. So I'll be out the rest of this week. That's all you need to know about that. I'm sorry. I was driving home from the gym today, Captain. And I passed the high school in the town that I live in. And I see an American flag on the flagpole. And then I see the California flag. And then I see rainbow BS mother effing pride flag. I'm just going to say it. You know, watching, I've watched these videos of schools throughout the country. And the teachers are participants in putting on this show for the students that go there. They have... People that are, you know, whether they're in drag or, you know, they're looking as prideful as they can be in the hall, celebrating with their flags. It reminds me of those videos when you watch the History Channel about the Hitler Youth. It really does. This is a cult. I have told you and I've said And it's not debatable. It's a fact. The science is settled. I am the science, as Fauci would say. Drew Allen is the authority. Um, Pride is inherently sexual. And I saw a a parade going down the streets in Los Angeles. I think it was West Hollywood, which, which I used to live there. It is notoriously gay anyway. But it was a family friendly parade. And. I watched a truck. I mean, it's just since, honestly, it's, it's sickening. It's sickening what you're watching happening. I mean, people in the animal mass whipping their gay partners, walking on all floors like they're animals. One truck, you had a guy, he had his uh, arms pinned up on the truck, and he was being spanked repeatedly by a man with his buttocks out. So don't tell me that I need to be tolerant about this disgusting movement. 
You want to do that stuff in your bedroom like anybody else or whatever, whatever your fetish is, that's fine. But keep that crap out of our culture and away from our kids. It, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to get to a piece before anything else here, I think, about that, that Michael Reagan, the eldest son of Ronald Reagan, he wrote a piece over at Newsmax basically saying, hey, um, are there any Christians left in the country? Where are you? You going to keep being passive or are you going to do something? But it's, it's just shocking to me. I mean, we, we, we spend one day a year nominally celebrating, you know, July 4th, Independence Day, the founding of the country. We've got one day that we just celebrated for Memorial Day honoring all of those Americans who have died. Died. So that we could have this gift of the United States and freedom. We've got one day for Mother's Day, one day for Father's Day. We've got a whole month for Pride. The entire month of June, June for Pride. And you don't see these schools making a concerted effort to celebrate women mothers or fathers on their respective days. You don't see them making a concerted effort to celebrate America on July 4th. Memorial Day. Yeah, I mean, I understand some of these are holidays when kids aren't in school, but during the week of, leading up to it, I don't see a concerted effort by schools and teachers to celebrate these things. But I do see them sticking pride flags in little kids' hands and having them wave them, and it's a cult. It's a sick cult. And of course, what is it what is it foment? Obedience to what? Pride is the Democratic Party. That's really what it comes down to. That's why they do this. They're making future Democrat voters. It's the Nazi youth. The pride youth. That's what it goes back to. And I'm sorry. What are we celebrating here? You know, I know this is difficult for some of you to digest or have a conversation about. We're so used to our castrated state in this country. And look, I don't have anything personally grudge. Look, I've worked in industries. I've had plenty of gay friends. You know, that's not the conversation. The conversation isn't, oh my gosh, you know, I hate gay people. That's not the conversation. But someone's sexuality, they choose to be gay. Why is this something that we're celebrating for a month long? And furthermore, why is it being celebrated in schools? Do you understand how wrong this is? And, and so, but my point is, here we go. Here we go. We're just going to have to have the conversation. Maybe I make some of you mad. I, I guess I don't care anymore. You know, the country's going to hell. We got like one election to fix things. You know, I don't have time to worry about hurting anybody's feelings who's listening. Okay. I'm sorry. Christianity condemns homosexuality. Okay. I said it. That's a fact. All right. But you know, When we get into this conversation, Christianity condemns many things. Jesus condemns many things. God condemns many things. Okay? And he doesn't put being gay on some uh, sin level that's different from anything else, right? I mean, it's all sin in the eyes of the Lord. So my point is none of us are perfect. So as a Christian, you can condemn someone's behavior. You can can condemn something. You can even make mistakes yourself, and you can still live in harmony. You can still live amongst one another. You can still hang out with one another. You can still be friends, even if you disagree with someone's lifestyle choice. Okay? But that said, that said, 
I'm going to drop a bomb, okay? The United States of America is a predominantly Christian country still. I know that makes a lot of people on the left mad. They're trying to make sure that that's no longer the case. But currently, as it stands, a majority of this nation is Christian, or at least Judeo-Christian as well. That adds up the numbers even more. You know, in Judeo-Christian values, we can put those together. If you're Jewish, you're Christian, if, you're, if you actually practice and believe, it's the same basis apart from Jesus, right? So really, when you're dedicating a month to pride and the U.S. government is lighting up federal buildings like the rainbow, when the federal government is sponsoring drag queen, drag story hours and pushing that on the American people, when they're pushing this pornography in schools, when they are putting that flag up on publicly funded schools, it's a war against our culture. It's a war against the majority. Now, you don't, I mean, if a school, God forbid, was ever to put up some flag that was representative of, I don't know, say pro-life, or perhaps even pro-police, or any number of issues on our side, they would burn the school down. And this leads me to Michael Reagan's piece. Now, actually, before I do that, I want to talk about something that leads into his piece. So, obviously, the Dodgers created waves, not the good kind, by announcing they'd have that freak show that mocks Jesus Christ show up and be honored and do their dance or whatever, you know, buff Jesus, crucified, whatever they're going to do on there, make fun of nuns. And so dozens of these major league baseball teams are planning for annual Pride Nights this month. Not just Pride Nights. You know, they're not just going to raise the Pride flag. They're going to have drag shows. They're going to have rainbow walks. They're going to have LGBTQ scholarships. Now, the Los Angeles Dodgers, of course, invited the anti-Catholic group, queer and trans nuns, as the guests of honor. Out of 30 teams, 29 are going to have Pride Night events. And I'm really proud to, to report this. The only holdout is the Texas Rangers. And I'm really shocked by that. They're going to come under fire. They're going to come under fire. But pride jerseys, drag queen pregames, rainbow walks, LGBTQ, okay. Kansas City Royals are having their event on June 16th. Get your tickets now with the Los Angeles Angels. And before the game, during the pregame, they're going to feature the Divas of Hamburger Mary's. With the five drag queens, I don't care about their names, from a local restaurant known for its drag brunches and dinners. June is Pride Month, and the Royals are delighted to recognize love and community at Pride Night on June 16th, the event page reads. Grab your friends and join us for this special night of summer baseball celebration festivities featuring the Divas of Hamburger Mary's. Arizona Diamondbacks. Pride-themed fanny packs. I mean, the thing is, you've got kids at these ballparks. I just, I just, this is shocking to me. This is grooming. This is grooming. I'm over it. I'm over it. You can hear how irritated I am. All right, so Michael Reagan, here's the, here's the piece. The title's Passive Christians Won't Win Culture Wars. 
Management for the Los Angeles Dodgers baseball team decided the best way to celebrate this year's Pride Month would be to give an award to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a group USA Today terms civil rights activists. <laughs> oh, civil rights activists, that's right. No, nothing says civil rights act- activists like mocking uh, Catholics in America. So he describes it. The group is a blasphemous collection of deviants who put on pornographic displays of Jesus and the cross. It says quite a lot about the people attending, supporting, participating in, and organizing pride events that they think this group should be praised and welcomed in a formerly family-friendly setting. (laughs) Reagan's funny. He says, we aren't going to waste your time whining that the Dodgers would never invite the imams of perpetual Islam who make fun of Mohammed and his child bride. I want to point this out. Why don't you, why would the Dodgers never allow a group to come in and make fun of Muhammad, but they will allow a deviant blasphemous group to come in and make fun of Jesus Christ and Catholics? Ask yourself that question. I'll tell you why. Because they're afraid of the reaction from Muslims. Do you know who the least fearful person or the least feared person and group in America is? Christians. Christians. It's sad. It's humiliating and it's embarrassing. And it's frankly a betrayal of our so-called responsibility. So anyway, he points out some good stuff. Um, Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw thinks he's hit upon the correct response to this heresy. But he's wrong. Why is he wrong? Well, unfortunately, Reagan says Kershaw thinks the correct response to the desecration of Dodger Stadium by management who is proud of their moral collapse is for Christians to help Dodgers management make more money by purchasing tickets to Christian Faith and Family Day. This is what the Dodgers did, by the way. They faced backlash when they announced that this they were going to host this drag group or whatever, this make fun of Jesus group. And they initially said they canceled it. And then they got in trouble with the radical alphabet mafia. So then they announced they were going to have them back. They re-invited them. But then they added this little Christian day at the ballpark too to try and make things right. But that doesn't change the fact that this blasphemous group should never have been invited to this ballpark to begin with. That would be the correct decision. There is no compromise on these issues. So Michael Reagan makes a great point. And he says, well, he says, this is the moral equivalent of renting a room from the satanic temple for your small group Bible study. The proper Christian response for Kershaw and the rest of the believers on the team, Carrie Doherty estimates there are up to 10 Catholics on the squad is to refuse to enter the stadium on the day the gay heretic group attends. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, I played the sad, poor, castrated baseball player from the Toronto uh, Blue Jays, I guess it was, that came out and apologized for supporting the boycott of Bud Light and Target. But uh, Reagan says, unless there's a price to be paid for gratuitously insulting the Savior who died to save you from your sins, the insults will continue. 
That's why Christian should refuse to attend another Dodgers game. If you have season tickets, send them back. Don't buy any more spirit wear. Don't watch the games on TV. Until the Dodgers repent and ask for forgiveness, Christian should totally shun the team. Sure, a boycott's going to be inconvenient. It might be expensive. But dying on the cross was no walk in the park for Jesus either. If Christians don't stand up for ourselves, why would the unsaved ever believe knowing Jesus is the most important act you will ever take in this life? You will note we said Christians and not Catholics. We believers are all in this fight together, regardless of whether we attend Protestant or Catholic Sunday services. As Jesus said in Matthew 12, 30, those who are not for Jesus are against him. This is a good time to start showing the world that you are with Jesus now and to the end. I just thought that was a pretty, I mean, look, I'm Christian, so it resonated with me. But you don't even have to be a Christian to acknowledge the fact that all of this is so wrong. So wrong. And I'll tell you what's coming down the pipe next. We went from, we just want to be able to marry each other. Okay, sure. You're calling us bigots. We give up. You can, you can, you can hijack the definition of marriage. We will desecrate the fundamental definition of marriage and allow it to include two, ma- two males or two females. Okay, you got it. Just stop calling us bigots. And then it's Pride Months where they spank each other naked in the streets in front of our kids. You're a bigot if you oppose this. You're a bigot. You can't oppose this. Wait, but I thought you guys just want a gay marriage. Ha 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 We got you, suckers. That's what's happened. So, you know, I mean, my, my kid will, over my dead body. But, you know, where, where, where are the parents? Why are they not pulling their children out of school when they're putting up these pride flags at, at school? And why do we as Christians, for example, who are supposed to have this devout faith, it's pretty black and white in most cases. In most moral cases, it's pretty black and white laid out for us. Why do we allow these moral deviants to take the high ground in society? Why? And that's why I love what Reagan says. Jesus Christ got nailed to a cross. Gave his life. And he didn't just get nailed to a cross. He carried the cross. He got beat in the street as he carried it. He got there. He got put up on that thing. They eventually stabbed him in the side with a spear. That's what he did. And we uh, can't fight because we're afraid of being called a bigot. <laughs> because someone who's a morally a moral delinquent, somebody like a Hunter Biden or Joe Biden tells us that we're not moral. Shocking. All right, speaking of morality, uh, James Comey, I can think of no one more moral on this universe that's ever walked this earth than James Comey. James Comey is the closest thing on this earth to representing Jesus Christ, I must say. Uh, James Comey came out. Uh, cue up cut five for me, Captain. You will be shocked. I won't even, I'm not even going to tell you what you're going to hear. Th- this is going to stun you. I mean, just be careful. Hang on tight to your steering wheels if you're, if you're in the car right now. Um, Comey's going to shock you with his admission here. Go ahead. Cut, cut five, Captain. Go. 
you were a Republican most of your life, uh, but voted for, and you may still consider yourself one, but voted for Biden in 2020. Do you intend to vote for him again, or is there anyone on the Republican side you might consider if it's not Trump? It has to be Joe Biden, and, and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. And I, I'm not talking about policy. People can disagree about policy. There are things above those disagreements that all of us should think about the same way. The president must be someone who abides the law and our Constitution. And there's no one else but Joe Biden. That was from Newsbusters. Uh, grab that clip. So there's James Comey. He's going to support Joe Biden because, you know, Joe Biden's such a decent human being. Like Comey. Comey should be rotting in a jail cell. That's not hyperbole. That's not cruel. That's not in unjust. That's fact. James Comey is a scumbag, an absolute scumbag and miscreant. I'm just going to read a little excerpt from my book about James Comey and what these people did to somebody named Michael Flynn. And there are others, by the way, but what happened to Michael Flynn should never be forgotten. This is a man who was a, I believe, a four-star general served his country honorably. And this is what James Comey and the FBI did to him. In 2017, shortly after Trump's election, the FBI hatched a plan to entrap General Michael Flynn, who was Trump's national security advisor. In late December 2016, during the transition process, Sergei Kislyak, the Russian ambassador, had contacted Flynn to discuss Obama's last-minute sanctions against Russia for election interference. The FBI had secretly recorded the phone call during which Flynn urged the Russians not to overreact to Obama's sanctions. Now, remember, Obama's sanctions were intended to sabotage the incoming Trump administration and worsen relations between U.S. and Russia. Here's what Flynn said on the phone call, the transcript. Do not, do not uh, allow this administration to box us in right now, okay? Make it reciprocal, Flynn reiterated. Don't, don't make it, don't go any further than you have to because I don't want us to get into something that has to escalate on a, you know, on a tit for tat. You follow me, Ambassador? That's what James Comey said. Totally reasonable, legal, appropriate conversation. Now that conversation happened on December 29th, 2016. Now in January, 2017, this is, right, Trump was inaugurated on January 20th. So this is the incoming Trump administration. They're just now getting their feet underneath him. The transition process is happening. Of course, we didn't have a peaceful transfer because we had the coup, and this is part of it. So James Comey, FBI director, Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, and FBI Counterintelligence Director Bill Priestep met and hatched a plan to, I quote from Priestap's notes, get Flynn to lie so they could, I quote, 
prosecute him or get him fired. This is the information from Priestap's handwritten notes from the meeting. What's our goal, he wrote in the notes, truth slash admission or to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired? On January 24th, two FBI agents casually visited Flynn at his office to chat. The two FBI agents who had a transcript of Flynn's conversation with a Russian ambassador, Kislyak, unbeknownst to Flynn, this is a conversation that had happened in December. It's now a month later. These FBI agents asked Flynn if he had asked Russia not to escalate the situation in response to Obama's sanctions. Flynn said that he hadn't. The DOJ indicted Flynn for lying to the FBI. Now, later, the Justice Department dropped all these charges against Flynn, but not before they bankrupted him. They got him to lie. They got him to admit guilt to something that he didn't do because they threatened to go after his son. That's what happened. This is how sick this FBI is. The government concluded that the interview of Mr. Flynn was untethered to and unjustified by the FBI's counterintelligence investigation of Mr. Flynn, the filing said. So think about this, though. So they got Flynn on this supposed technicality. They had the transcript. They asked him if he asked Russia not to escalate. He said no. Now, consider Igor Danchenko. Igor Danchenko was Christopher Steele, the author of the Steele dossier. He was the primary source of information for the dossier. He's the guy that Steele went to to get all of his information, the salacious, uncorroborated claims. Now, Danchenko included a false claim in the Steele dossier conveyed to him by a Democrat lobbyist named Charles Dolan in an email. Danchenko was indicted for lying to the FBI because he told the FBI he denied talking to Dolan about material in the dossier. The jury acquitted Danchenko on the grounds that Danchenko hadn't literally talked to Dolan about the claim because they communicated via email. Do you understand that? Danchenko lied to the FBI, said he hadn't talked to this guy about the dossier. And the jury acquitted him because it was in an email. So technically he didn't tell Dolan it. He wrote it. But uh, Flynn hadn't literally asked the Russians not to escalate anything. He technically urged them to make the response reciprocal. Now that you know all that about what Comey was up to and what the FBI did to Comey, to uh, General Michael Flynn, cue up cut six, Captain. I want you to hear the sociopath, the complete psychopath who should be rotting in a prison cell, cell, James Comey, bragging about what he did to Flynn and how he did it. Play cut six, Captain, go. It's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um. <laughs> Um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration. <laughs> the protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years. <laughs> and in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents 
into the White House itself to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough, let's just send a couple guys over. <laughs> and so uh, we placed a call to Flynn, said, hey, we're sending a couple guys over. Uh, hope you'll talk to them. He said, sure. Nobody else was there. They interviewed him in a conference room at the White House Situation Room, and he lied to them. And that's what he's now pled guilty to. What did he think they were coming over there for? Uh, I don't think he knew. I no, we didn't tell him. Just said, we've got a couple, sending over a couple of agents. I want to ask you some questions. I didn't have this conversation. My deputy director did. But hope, uh, hope you got a few minutes. You can sit down and talk to them. And he said... That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. So when you think you want to just get along or you want the abuse to stop or you want the rhetoric to tone down and you just want to be quiet and silent and get along with these people, these people don't want to get along with you. They want to destroy you. They want to ruin you. They get delight. They get joy out of ruining people's lives who are their political opponents. This is what we're dealing with, pure tyranny in America. But James Comey, he supports Joe Biden for president, so that should tell you everything you need to know. Well, another good news, because we've got nothing but good news. Uh, uh, uh. Oh... Help, help us, help us. Well, get ready for this. 2024, I mean, I'm, I'm terrified about the escalation of World War III. I mean, honestly, as you go through the list of issues that bring you to the ballot box, economy, abortion, guns, the border, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. I would think that preventing World War III would rank like at the top of that list. I mean, it does at the top of my list. I mean, the economy is very important. Illegal immigration is a big deal. World War III is really high on that list of things that I don't want to get involved with in the country, especially given the fact that the Democratic Party wants to draft our daughters to go to the front line. But that, you know, if you want to avoid World War III, I can tell you one step in doing that. Don't vote for Joe Biden in 2024. I got a story about the Chinese that just tried to provoke us in a moment. But anyway, here's another, here's another storyline you're going to hear in 2024 about don't vote for Trump. Don't vote for Trump because why? Because Zelensky says so. Zelensky trustworthy individual Zelensky, who we know has siphoned off billions of dollars for himself and his cronies. Well, um, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky admitted that he is afraid of a possible return of Donald Trump to the White House in 2024. You know, it's amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to a couple quotes in a minute. Under Trump, of course, there was no invasion of Ukraine. So, I beg your pardon, Zelensky? You want to go with a guy that 
allowed Russia, invited Russia in, who once said, you know, well, we're not sure about what, our, what we're going to do to deter them. It depends how far they go. It depends what the Russians do. Not to mention the pipeline, you know, the Nord Stream that he blew up. But anyway, oh, no, that's a conspiracy theory. He has a conspiracy theory, like Ashley Biden's diary, a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory that Joe Biden's corrupt. It's a conspiracy theory that the border's wide open. That's a conspiracy theory, too. I, uh, so many conspiracy theories, Captain. So anyway, so uh, Zelensky... There's only one Y here, Zelensky. You, know, you notice he's gotten more Ys added to his name. I swear, when I, when I started reading articles you know, over the last couple of years, it's like, Zelensky. You know, it used to be like one Y, Zelensky. Back when Trump was talking to Zelensky and they had the fake quid pro quo phone call that didn't happen, it was one Y. And then now it's at least two, usually. Zelensky, E, you know. Anyway, this is one Y. So Volodymyr Zelensky admitted he has concerns about the possible re-election of Donald Trump next year, saying he was unsure how exactly the Republican leader would have reacted had Russia invaded during his presidency. Um, President Biden is the president during a full-scale war, and he has been more helpful to us than President Trump. Uh, well, there was no s- war under Trump, you buffoon. Uh, He also appeared uncomfortable with Donald Trump's claim that he would be able to negotiate a peace settlement to the Ukraine war within 24 hours, adding that the 45th American leader did not seem to care that Ukrainian territory, namely Crimea, was being occupied by Russia during his presidency. It was illegally annexed under the Obama administration in 2014 when Joe Biden was vice president. These are crazy people. Crazy people. So anyway, of course, Zelensky's loving this. I'm sorry. This isn't a real war. This isn't a real war. People may be dying over there, but it's like what's happening at our southern border. With the cartels. People are dying there too. I'm sorry. There's no reporting on this. It just disappeared. We threw all this money over there. We, we're just blind in this whole thing. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I mean, Russia's still on the outskirts doing whatever it's doing. I see footage of blown up buildings that's from 2014 when they invaded Crimea the first time. The Donbass region and everything else. I mean, this is just so much propaganda going on. This is not a real war. I'm sorry. Are the Russians getting close to seizing the capital? No, they're not. Are they flying overhead, dropping bombs on Ukraine? No, they're not. Why? 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 That's what you do in wars. You bomb the capitals. You bomb this. You bomb that. You take territory. Do you, I mean, this is like literally a border skirmish still. I mean, we hear these things. The Ukrainians are going to mount a counteroffensive now. Oh, really? Because the, the Ukrainians are winning the war. That's what, uh, that's what Adam Kinzinger keeps telling me. I'm just sick of it. Just being totally taken advantage of. Nobody's asking these questions. Where are the journalists? Why are they not going back over there? Where's Walter Cronkite? Go, go, go report. Tell us what's actually happening in Ukraine. We're being lied to. That I'm certain of. Oh, speaking of our own border, which we 
you know, Democrats and Republicans refused to secure. You know, 15 billion was just too much to put up a wall, build the wall in America. But 119 billion, sure. You want it? We'll give it to you, Zelensky. Unlimited supply. You want a trillion? Yeah, let's just do it. We just print it anyway. Well, uh, more suspected terrorists have been found illegally crossing the southern border in April than in four Trump years combined. Border Patrol agents caught 16 people on the FBI's terror watch list trying to illegally cross the U.S. Southwest land border between entry points in April, bringing this fiscal year suspected terrorist arrest total up to nearly 100. There's still five months left in fiscal year 2023, so there will be more than 100 at the end of it. Um... I mean, whatever. The numbers are just staggering, staggering, this invasion. I mean, this is, this is, how many haven't been caught? Yeah, that's the question, Captain. That's the question. How many haven't been caught? Same thing, right? When they talk about apprehensions of, I mean, we don't know how many haven't been caught. Um, and I'll just tell you, you want a definition how bad are these hombres? Remember when Trump said that? These are bad hombres. I think they yelled at him for that, you know? Not allowed to say hombre. Anyway, so who are these people? Well, according to the FBI, FBI's Terrorist Screening Center webpage, web everyone listed on the watch list is reasonably suspected to be involved in terrorism or related activities, and most are not Americans. That, I mean, look. We don't know all the people up to no good, all the people engaged in terrorism throughout the the world, right? So this is people that are already on a terrorist watch list, right? You understand that that, that distinction too? So we know, okay, you have an identity, you're on the list, we know you're a, a known terrorist. How many of these people of the 6 million plus are would-be terrorists that aren't on the list? Something tragic. Did you hear about this one, Captain? About that sonic boom herd in Washington D. This is this is so tragic. I'll tell you what I know. If you have anything to add, Captain, you just let me know. But this was apparently on Sunday afternoon. And the sonic boom was because these military jets were scrambled after this unresponsive private plane crossed into restricted airspace. Uh, two F-16 fighter jets were scrambled from Joint Base, An- Joint Base Andrews in Maryland to investigate this aircraft. It was not responding to radio transmissions shortly after 3 p.m., according to the Department of Defense. This was a private Cessna, and it crashed. And uh, the... the Man. Makes me... I mean... It's like with the Kennedys, it's like uh, John Rumpel of Encore Motors of Melbourne, Inc. said they returned to New York after visiting him in North Carolina. He told the newspaper he didn't have much information, but suggested the plane may have lost pressurization. Um, it was the Rumpels that were on. I was trying to see who was on this plane. They were big donors to... 
to Donald Trump and other Republicans who are big, they're big GOP donors. Um, but the pilots, um, the owner of the company, uh, his daughter, his two-year-old granddaughter, their nanny, all, all died. And, um, the wife, I believe, Barbara Rumpel, um, yeah, Rumpel's wife, she posted photos of their daughter and granddaughter on Facebook and said, my family's gone, my daughter and granddaughter. An entire family just wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah, so the couple, I mean, the, the Rumpels, they they gave 250000 to the Trump victory pack in 2020. And this thing just 30,000 feet for, per minute. It was... Uh, I don't know. We don't know what happened. I mean, if it was a depressurized cabin, they could have fallen asleep. Um, I guess we'll find out, but really, really tragic what happened there. Um, well, we'll just kind of end on this note here. You know, so there was, a, there was another incident. This one in the Strait of Taiwan. I have this right? Yes. Okay, so look. I, before I even tell you what happened, you know, it's... it's If the, if the Democrat... I mean, if, if the Chinese were to actually invade Taiwan right now, honest to God, if the Chinese bombed one of our, one of our destroyers, I'm not sure what our response would be. One... I'd be very fearful because our military isn't ready for a conflict. They're too busy teaching CRT and watching drag shows to have... I mean, it's like the the objective of the military used to be to fight and win wars. That was the only objective. And it's so shocking. This administration has turned our military the most feared and revered once in the world into a woke parody. I mean, it's no wonder that every single branch of the military is projecting to failure to meet its recruitment goals by the end of this year. And it's no wonder. Who doesn't want to join the military? What, you know, red-blooded American male, and I'm sorry, that's what I want in the military. Now, there are other jobs out there for, for, for people as well. I, I don't mean to turn this into something that it's not, but I'm not sorry to say this. I don't want a single woman fighting on the front lines of any war. And if you're a woman out there that feels like you should be able to do that, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want you there. I don't want you there for a number of reasons. And actually the most important reason that I don't want you there is because I don't want women dying. I don't want American women dying in war. That's how I feel. I'm sorry. Call me a brute for wanting to protect the lives of women in this country. But anyway, so this was instigated by the Chinese. Um, So you had a joint operation. It was between the United States Navy 
and Canadian warships that were making a routine transit of the Taiwan Strait when the close encounter with this Chinese vessel occurred. Now here's what happened. The planned ship, this is the the Chinese communist ship, picked up speed and cut in front of the bow of the U.S. destroyer. A maneuver Montreal's commander, Captain Paul Montford, described as not professional. Yeah, I can think of probably more accurate words than not professional. But anyway, we don't want to escalate here. Uh, But he said the incident was clearly instigated by the Chinese, but also added that he hopes it won't be repeated. The The fact this was announced over the radio prior to doing it clearly indicated this was intentional. I'm hoping this is an isolated incident that won't happen again for us. This is Montford, the Canadian. Because we have international law on our side, this is international waters. The Chinese warship had been shadowing the joint U.S.-Canadian vessels throughout last week and before either began the transit of the Taiwan Strait. Ottawa has made it clear that this weekend's incident will not deter the Canadian military. I just, these are international waters, which means that no one owns these waters. We have every right to be there, and the Chinese are sitting there tailing us, watching us, shadowing us, and then they directly interfere. Look, this is a destroyer we're talking about. I'm not a military expert, but I know enough that it's hard to slow down a destroyer. It's very, very dangerous as well. They don't turn on a dime. Let's just put it that way, okay? And this destroyer basically played a game of chicken. Played a game of chicken. On purpose. But here we are. You, 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 this is not going to stop. This, aggress- this aggress- aggression is happening because we're a joke. Not you and me. But our country has become a joke. You have the Europeans looking to befriend China over us. And that's my point. Even if we went to World War III, I'm not so certain which allies we'd even have on our side. I don't think Europe would be on our side. I think they'd sit this one out. I genuinely believe that. Unless they were marching down. Actually, we know how the French operate. They would just give over the city. But, you know, as cowardly as the French are, I'm sorry to say, and they are cowards, you know, that's, that's looking like us right now. So anyway, all right. Well, it's been a pleasure being here with you. I will really sincerely miss you all this week. Um, what else? Well, I'll leave you on that note, I guess. All right, God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth, of course. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew died Allen. Hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.